we're back. Hello. Hello. With yet another episode of the Neurodivergent Convergence podcast. I'm your host, one of them, Nikki. And and this here is is Amanda. Amanda, I gotta say just like that. <laughs> um, affectionately referred to as a mender. Mm-hmm. Or if you uh didn't hear last episode, we have been graced yet again with our anonymous animals. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. They're back. So, they they um, returned. Amanda, you're an anonymous camel now. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> so oh boy. We love it. She's an anonymous camel now. Um I'm just so happy that the universe granted us this again because uh, I missed them. I missed our anonymous animals. It's so much more fun when you're an animal and not a person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's true in real life, too. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, so we have a, a lovely little topic for you today. Not much catching up to do at the current moment. <laughs> so. Um, we we're just gonna we're just gonna roll right on into it so we're just gonna have a little like talk at you episode about what our diagnosis sort of means to us or how we feel like we've changed since we have received our diagnosis um or you know since we've realized since our self-diagnosis either one applies and we're just gonna kind of have a little conversation together Mm -hmm. today okay Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's get started um, with our AI story. We're going to flesh out some more of Jeremy here today. We're going to learn more about Jeremy. So hit it, Aminder. So keywords, Jeremy, psychic, cat, government. Sentence given, Jeremy realized there would be no escaping it. Okay. He would get cat nuts over the next two hours. Jeremy's neighbor, Harry, was there at the other end of the cat room. In the two years Harry had lived in his townhouse, he had not had much to do with his neighbors. He never made eye eye contact and avoided saying anything to anyone. A psychotic fellow, he was caught up in a state of schizophrenia. Harry was a cranky man. Harry pulled the cat away from Jeremy. He put the cat on the other end of the cat table. He noticed that Jeremy seemed cat-depressed. Why aren't you eating? You're a cat. You don't have to be hungry. Psychic Jeremy jumped down from the cat table. He said to Harry, if you want to try to stop a psychic from talking to you, start by psychic stabbing you. Harry did not know what to do. His house was shaking as Jeremy ran around it, all the doors slamming shut and opening and slamming shut again. Jeremy found his cat again and ripped it out of its safe box and dragged it into his room. Psychic Jeremy held the cat and yelled, I will kill the government. Crying, Jeremy reached up and tried to pet the cat. But the cat jumped out of his arms and ran across the room. Psychic Jeremy ran over to the cat and started to pick it up. Psychic Jeremy let the cat go and screamed, The cat will protect us! Jeremy screamed at his cat again, Let us go! Psychic Jeremy pushed the cat down. The cat just glared at him with a little bit of attitude. Sounds like a cat. Psychic Jeremy was so terrified. He he decided to get away from the cat. He jumped out of his chair and went to look out the window. As he ran away from his cat, the cat screamed. It was screaming hysterically. End scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's let's see what we've learned about Jeremy this time. So um, it seems like Jeremy was in like some sort of interrogation situation. That's what I'm picking Mm -hmm. up. So 
he clearly got gotted. Okay, he was he was discovered by someone who catnapped him and was trying to get information out of him. His neighbor Harry, his neighbor Harry, uh, catnapped him, who had lived in his townhouse for a long time, for two and years. And so, and so, Jeremy's sister owns a cat, and now we know that Jeremy owns the cat himself because he kept taking his cat from him. Right. So I guess Jeremy's cat was leverage for whatever Jeremy mm-hmm. knew. So. Jeremy obviously knows something that Harry wants to know, and Harry is taking the cat captive along with Jeremy to get information. But Harry's a cranky schizophrenic man, so (laughs) Jeremy is not having any of this shit. He won't eat, and he just wants his cat back, okay? And he's going to start psychic stabbing people real soon, (laughs) okay? All right? And he wants to kill the government, apparently. So uh, I hope that that doesn't get some like weird fucking list us placed on some weird ass list for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening and say we're fine, everything's yeah. fine. It's, it's a story. It's an AI story. The computer did it. I did not. Okay, please, please it's, don't it's just come showing for the, us. It's just the AI is going to take over. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, and apparently the cat that he has hold some sort of significance because it's going to protect them from whatever the thing is that they need protected from. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's another chronicle of Jeremy. We're fleshing him out, man. He's, he's getting to be a full fledged character Character. and Mm -hmm. I'm excited. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna try next time. Maybe we're going to take Jeremy out of the government, the, the government realm, give Jeremy a break. Maybe he escapes this, interrogation he's in he goes on the lamb he goes on the lamb right so we're gonna give jeremy a a new environment to to hang out in um we're gonna we're gonna preface it by letting you know he's gonna escape he's gonna escape this okay um and he's gonna go on the lamb and we're gonna see what he does next time so uh stay tuned stay tuned all right we're gonna hit you with a mad lib we're still in our 90s one and uh we're, we're working our way through it so let's do music festival checklist. Amanda, I need a verb, please. Uh, get jiggy with it. Ooh, yeah. Of course you will. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay, I need an adjective. Bodacious. Ooh, okay. How about a plural noun? Clowns on stilts. Oh, my. I like this. I like the very specific things. Uh, Another plural noun, please. Uh, Nuns on roller skates. Oh, my God. Natural progression. Yes, of course. From clown to nun. That's just what happens. Okay. Uh, Jesus Christ. Another plural noun. And for my final form, giraffes on pogo sticks. <laughs> yes. We've already had giraffes in one story. I just love great. giraffes. They're my second favorite animal, so. Yes. On pogo sticks, correct? Yes. Okay, I don't want to get this wrong. Okay. Now I need, God, wow, all the plural. Jesus Christ. I need two articles of clothing, plural. Apple bottom jeans. And oh, boots yeah. with the fur. Of uh, fucking, of course, right? We can't just we can't separate those two things. No, they go together, like they're inter- they they're intertwined. Yes, 
boots with defer. Okay. Uh, a verb, please. Buttress. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. We're children. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ, another plural noun. Uh, propeller beanies. Okay. I love you, but we so did this one already. We did what? The musical one? You've used propeller hats. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. <laughs> it's fine. I had to remember. I had to, I had to remember what they were called. I, I just put <laughs> hat with fan on it. Is what I googled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about um, adjective? Bizarro. Ooh, I like that. Okay, type of food. I know I probably said it already, but pierogi. Um, we actually have, but it's fine. We are nothing if not consistent. Okay. Correct. Uh, animal, please. Chinchilla. Chin that's what I was for the animal last time. Chilla. Yes. Okay, number. Negative 17. Negative 17. Um, adjective. Crackpot. Crackpot. Oh my god. Okay. Color. Vermilion. Like Vermilion City in Pokemon. Isn't that green? Uh, it's red-orange. Red-orange? Okay, that's cool. No, nowhere near that. Okay. Uh, plural animals, please. Animals. Uh, blue-footed boobies. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> um, and finally, part of the body, please. Uh, left patella. Left patella. Oh, specific. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it when you're specific. It makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> All right, are, are y'all are y'all ready for this? <laughs> I can't tonight. It's a problem. Okay, here we go. Ladies, are you ready to rock and get jiggy with it? Welcome to Lily Fair, a bodacious music festival featuring only women musicians and clowns on stilts. This is a safe space for all female-identifying nuns on roller skates. So please <laughs> follow these festival guidelines. Do pack your giraffes on pogo sticks with style. Your hemp apple bottom jeans, canvas boots with the fur, and buttress of the whales t-shirts are all welcome. <laughs> Do not go overboard on the scented propeller beanies. A little patchouli goes a bizarro way. Do remember to pack enough pierogi granola and chinchilla milk for all negative 17 <laughs> days. Do not bring any negative energy or crackpot vibes. There will be... <laughs> vermilion crystals and support blue-footed boobies available at all times do have a great time this festival is about sisterhood and showing the world that women kick left patella the end <laughs> oh i love that i love it <laughs> female identifying nuns on roller skates <laughs> i mean that worked <laughs> shit <laughs> pierogi granola and chinchilla <laughs> Now listen, just, if there's yeah. anywhere chinchilla milk is finna be, it'll be at a fucking music festival, okay? So that fucking tracks. <laughs> Definitely at a Trader Joe's or something. Some sort of international grocery fucking store. Real. Some weird-ass Whole Foods or some shit. Oh my god. Okay, that was that was some good shit. That was a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm very fucking pleased with that. That was great. Okay, so, uh, so let's just talk at the people. Aminder, let's talk at the people. 
do you want to kick it off? I feel like I talked a lot last episode. Kick it off. What does feel? What does feeling? No, no, not what does feeling. What has? How, how do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> do you feel? Um, how do you feel <laughs> since <laughs> since uh, discovering that you are autistic and being diagnosed with ADHD? Like, what? How do you feel since that's happened? How do you feel like it's changed you? Tell the people. Um, I feel like we used this word a lot last time, but basically just more validated where I feel like more like I, I understand myself, um, where I'm not confused all the time of why I do things the way I do, of why I think the way I do. Uh, it's just kind of just more um, not empowering because it's not really an empowering feeling. But but y- you see what I mean? Where just kind of like I feel more like I understand myself that yeah. I'm just not questioning everything that or I basically I like I'm not the person that didn't just I didn't get the playbook on life that everyone else got like everyone else got a manual but me yeah that's that sort of thing do you feel like you understand yourself more deeply now than you did before and like <clears throat> how do you feel like that happened for you like how did that come about for you what what was the way in which you came to understand your yourself better um kind of like how we we touched on last time it's the whole watching like the tiktoks whatever reading the posts um and so that kind of made me feel like oh maybe i'm not so different maybe i'm not just weird or awkward and so having that diagnosis the formal diagnosis of adhd but the subdiagnosis of autism it just makes me feel like i like i said that i'm just not it's like i'm just not weird i'm not strange it's just that's just how my brain works um so i feel like i understand myself more it's also kind of strange because i feel like because i can now recognize sort of quote-unquote symptoms of it um and traits that I can see, like, when I'm watching something, like, I watched Queen's Gambit, like, the whole of Queen's Gambit last week on Netflix, and the whole time I'm like, she's on, she's supposed to be autistic-coded, isn't she? Like, she's definitely autistic-coded, and, like, I had a friend that was describing her son, and I, granted, I didn't say this to her, because I didn't want to, like, you know, overstep, but I was just, like, thinking the whole time, like, every, t- every single time she brought something up about him that he does or how he acts, I'm just like, it may he may be a little autistic <laughs> in my in my head. That's how I'm thinking. But as for myself, yeah, it's just kind of I feel intrinsically better than I did before. Like I feel like before I was just always at odds with myself. That I I just basically was confused and and how I wanted to be portrayed like I always had like mask all the time I feel like I do less masking now than I did before like I'm more honest with people like I like outright told my boss like if I if I ask something like why do we do this that's not me arguing with you that's because I won't understand like I won't be able to follow that rule unless you tell me why so it's more like if I didn't get like if I didn't learn anything about like autism or ADHD I probably wouldn't be more open and honest with other people about it you've learned to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. you've learned to explain better 
how you operate so that other people can understand you better. Right. Because that way I'm not misunderstood all the time. Right. So not only are you no longer misunderstanding yourself, you have a better understanding of why you do the things you do and why you are the way you are. But now you can translate that to interactions with other people. Whether they want to be accommodating of that or not is not in our control. But Mm -hmm. it does help a lot to be able to look at somebody and explain to them what you explain to your boss. I do the same thing at my job a lot. I explain to my boss a lot of things that maybe in, in a different context, I might not be understood or might be taken differently. So like, for example, if you're, like you said, you're not just questioning her authority, right? You're just questioning to be a difficult person. You really do have to know why so that you can follow the rule. It's not, you, you're not choosing this. It just is how you operate. And you're trying to go along to get along, right? You're trying to be a part of whatever system you're in, but you need different things to be able to function in that environment. And you're able to ask for them because you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's great. I feel like this next question, we sort of touched on it, but is it easier or more difficult? And in what way now that you have a re- like a, a not a reason, but like an answer for why you are the way you are and what you do and why you do the way the things you do? I feel like it's probably for the most part easier. It's mainly because just for myself, I feel like I'm nicer to myself. Yeah. And like, I feel like because I understand these traits and how, like how they are presented me, I feel like understanding myself means I can be nicer with myself, not being down on myself all the time. It's like, well, you're just a malfunctioning human. So like, how dare you not be normal like everyone else when really it's just like, well, that's just how your brain works. And there's nothing really you can do because there's no, you know, for at least for autism, there's no drugs. There's nothing to like do, really. It's just kind of like understanding yourself and that way you can be just kinder in that way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you kind of touched on, are you more forgiving of yourself and your limitations now? Um, I think it does allow for giving yourself grace for sure. You're able to give yourself grace and understanding that you're not able to do everything everyone else can do. And you're going to have days where you need to do nothing. And it doesn't make you less of a person. It just is what it is, right? It's just part of having this brain. And I feel like the grace factor significantly increases once you are able to understand yourself better. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, finally, do you feel like your life would have turned out differently had you been diagnosed as a child? And how so? Yes, because this kind of touches on the fact that I talked to my like I my boss directly when I told her, you know, I need to know why something is the way it is. I can't just be told because <sighs> like my mom and I, we went to go see a movie uh, this probably a month or two ago, and she literally yelled at me in the middle of the theater. And stomped away because I had asked her, like, she needed, she was looking something up on online, like, it was after the movie, and then I was confused about something. I said, well, why would they do, oh, she was, we needed to, like, pick up something at Walmart, and they, like, their pickup ended at 10. It was, like, 9.50. 
And then I forgot what was wrong with the pickup. And I just said, well, I don't understand why if it says their pickup ends at eight, why would they let you pick up until 10? And then she went ballistic and yelled at me in the middle of the theater and stomped away at me. And then because, well, first, no, first, because she I asked her a question. She got immediately defensive because I was like, I'm so kind of confused about I'm just like, why would Walmart do that? I don't understand. Like when their website states one thing, but now they're telling you something else. She got mad at me and got defenses as if I'm questioning her and not just Walmart. And so I didn't I was I've already was been medicated enough by that point that I'm just like. I'm just going to walk away from you because I ain't handle. I'm 33 years old. You don't need to be treating me like a child. Right. And so I just walked away from her and she got mad. She stormed up to me. I was getting a refill at the concession stand. She stormed up to me, uh, snatched something I had carried out. And then like, she stormed off and went to her car and she took turn guards. So she stormed out. And then like, because she, and that's been my whole life with her. Like n- not that like that extreme, but whole like, I can't ask questions because it seems like I'm arguing. And so I feel like if she would have been there, like, like the whole, she was an advocate, like a great advocate for my cousin getting his diagnosis and everything. And I feel like if I had been like awarded the same, like grace at the time and granted, I didn't, I didn't present like my cousin did. Right. So it's like, how is she to know? It's like, I'm not saying that like, Oh, she's a terrible mother. Like she knew I was and how dare she just not try, you know, but it's more like if I would have, been like if they would have been like talked about when i was a kid and that would have been accepted like oh you do the things you do because of these reasons we wouldn't be having those sort of things now when i'm adult when i'm now learning that i have these issues right there wouldn't be so many barriers to understanding and to your relationship could have avoided a lot of like turmoil in that way and a lot of you know misunderstandings between the two of you Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like she just thinks in it, general, that yeah. applies just in general. Yeah, because I think like, like I, a lot of times as a kid, I had to start a bunch of sentences with "I'm not trying to argue," but right, and so that because like any anytime I'd like had a question, it seemed as arguing or just if I like had a quote unquote meltdown, it's just it just not i think I, I feel like if it would have been more like she was a lot more understanding with my cousin because like they knew he's right. been diagnosed since he was a kid so they knew that but i feel like if i would have been looked at the same way i would have been more um like been more understood right and not and not just being basically just not being seen as difficult right yeah um i i totally get it I think because, like we talked about last time, because there is not a, you know, stereotypical presentation to look for in girls, young girls, and in adult women, that it's difficult to see that stuff as a parent. She wasn't looking for it in you because she didn't have a context for it for you. She had a context for it for Mark. And Mm -hmm. so it looked like something completely different that she wouldn't have ever suspected could have been something similar to what your cousin was dealing with. And because of that, it caused a lot of issues for you and her in your relationship and just you feeling 
misunderstood in general and not even just with your mom. I'm sure that does this not apply to like pretty much everything in life for you, like through school, through all the relationships you've had, you know, whether they're romantic or not. Do you feel like you've spent a lot of time explaining yourself or getting into misunderstandings with people? Oh, yeah. I feel like I misunderstood a lot, like especially with what I say, because it's like I will someone will be talking about something and I will in my brain connect two completely different dots than what they will connect. And so I'll bring it up and then they'll give me the whole like, what are you talking about? That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of like or you know my whole whole life people thought like oh you just you're just kind of aloof you're kind of just not a bitch i don't think i really even call a bitch that much but yeah. it's just more like you're more stone-faced um that sort of thing that i just or i mean i've always i feel i always felt like i've been like awkward and everything so and sometimes i do say really awkward things that don't really make sense and so i kind of had just have to over i and then i feel like i've over explained why I say things the way I do or how like I, I told you before like, I had a coworker that suspected that I was on the spectrum. She's like, I never want to say anything. She's like, it seems like an insult. Like, are you like, are you autistic? Because you sure act like it. <laughs> that, that that sort of thing. She's like, well, I kind of a feeling you were on the spectrum, but I just didn't know how to like, you know, proceed with that. Yeah, it's not really something you just go up and ask somebody. <laughs> yes. Uh, that could be taken pretty uh Were, were you in special ed in school? It's like, yeah, mm. for real. Because you should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Did you write the short bus? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, that all tracks for me as well. Um, I think I look back from when I was a kid and some of the things I was told that I did as a kid, um, like we talked about it before when we were running through, I think it was the stimming episode where we talked about different ways to stim um, and the running on your tiptoes thing and walking on your tiptoes. I did that all the fucking time as a child. And the perfectionism, yeah, the perfectionism was a big deal. My mom would always say you'd get you'd start something and you'd get really mad if you weren't perfect at it the immediate like right away and then you'd quit so i started more things than i finished it's another telltale thing um i would get bored easily with things or i would hyper fixate and only want to eat certain foods like she said there was an entire time where all i wanted was macaroni and cheese and then the next time it was only spaghettios and like i ate very you know, specific things. I didn't start getting adventurous with food until I was probably a teenager. So, um, and, and sensory things, she would say that like certain noises would freak me out and being slow to potty train. I was actually very slow to potty train for a girl. I was still having accidents, um, like number two accidents when I was four and five years old. And that was because I was terrified to poop on the toilet. And she said, like, she would basically have to bribe me to poop on the toilet. So, I mean, that's kind of, of that's kind of to do with Noah. Yeah, exactly. We had to do that with Noah. We had to really, um, really get him used to what was going on there in the bathroom and make sure that he wasn't afraid because he did not come out of pull ups until he was five. And I got a lot of shame for that, but there 
what was my alternative? Let him shit his pants every time he had to go. You know what I mean? Like there was no alternative. He was terrified. So I did what I had to do with that. But, you know, he's he shits on the toilet now. Rest assured. He's good. But but it took him longer. And so um, as far as like, had that been something that was more understood, I think for me personally, it would have it would have saved me a lot of self-deprecation. It would have saved me a lot of depression, a lot of confusion. It would have saved me from losing who I was as a person and never really finding what I liked and what I wanted. I spent most of my childhood just molding myself into whatever version of me would fit somewhere and whatever version of me would look acceptable enough to be liked. Um, I was mercilessly bullied. And that happened from first grade all the way until I moved to Ottawa in eighth grade. So from first grade to seventh grade, I was bullied every fucking day at school. And I had one friend who, now that I think about it, was probably also neurodivergent in some way. And it was difficult for me to be understood by anybody. And I spent a lot of time just, like I said, just molding into whatever version of me would be acceptable enough for, you know, love and affection. And as I got older, um, I started to diverge from what box my family thought I belonged in and not going to college was like a fucking no-no and you know I didn't finish junior college I couldn't get through a fucking class to save my life and that's because in high school you have left and right limits right like everything is done for you you show up here at this time and you have to learn this thing and you have a schedule and you go room to room and like it's it's done for you in college, you have the freedom to show up or fucking not. Your professor doesn't give a shit, right? It's not there. It's no skin off their nose. It's one less kid they have to fuck with, right? So one less paper they got to grade. They don't give a shit. So when the structure was gone, I was like, fucking bye. Like, I went off the fucking rails, you know? So all of those things, why I couldn't finish college, why I was so misunderstood, why I never had a sense of identity, why I never really fit anywhere, even though I tried to mold into those places and and be accepted why I would fawn over people right like fawn fawning is a big thing like I just wanted to be included so I would fawn over people and had I known these things had my mom known these things maybe life would have been different I don't know I can't say that but I know that had I had an understanding of it I would have it would have saved me a lot of grief and a lot of um therapy <laughs> so there's that um that i feel like you know i can take a look back now and and on my show tell me your truth that i started before we started this one really when i think about what that was and i've thought about it a lot since stopping the show in 2020 my life kind of fell apart and as as I'm sure a lot of people's did, but for a lot of different reasons. And you can kind of go listen if you want to know. It's you can go find the show. But 
I feel like looking back at that time and having processed much of what happened there, I feel like that was really me coming to the understanding that I'm never going to fit anywhere. And this amalgamation of all of these different versions of myself that never really meant anything to me, all these false hoods that I was holding on to, anything to just be loved and accepted was burnt to the ground. And all of that stuff was just masks for my neurodivergence. All of those versions of me were masks. And I was trying my hardest to mask my way through life because I didn't know anything different. And I didn't understand that they were masks. So it was confusing why no matter what I did, no matter how I behaved, no matter what I tried, um, the fact that me being a stay-at-home mom was so fucking difficult for me because I'm not good at fucking domestic shit. <laughs> Just not. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I'm not and it's good. The at whole, and it's the whole like structure thing. Like you yeah. did well. And like high school was fine. But in college where you didn't have much structure, it's like we don't want structure, but we need it. But we need like, it. Exactly. Yeah. That's that autism, ADHD, you know, <laughs> paradox shit. Like I don't want it because it's boring to do the same shit over and over again. That's my ADHD talking. But my autism is like, bitch, if you don't have left and right limits, you're going to do jack dick nothing with your entire life. So like, it's difficult to navigate being a stay-at-home mom with, well, I mean, when they were little, right? When they were little, that was easy because they had a schedule that I had to stick to, right? They had to eat a certain time. They had to do this, they had to do that. But then the older they got and the more freedom they gained, and the more freedom I gained, the worse it got because there was no more like strict fucking shit I had to stick to. And then when they went to school, shit, I had so much free time on my hands. But the last thing I wanted to do was clean my fucking house. You know what I mean? Because I'm not domestic. I am feral. OK, I am feral. <laughs> I am not a domestic housewife. I never was ever cut out for that shit. I did what I had to do, but I wasn't cut out for it. It's not who I am at my the core of my being. So. To to understand, though, right, I said all that to, to get to this. Had I understood a long fucking time ago that I'm never going to be good at house chores, not because I suck at being a fucking adult or I suck at being a mother or I'm not cut out for, you know, being a married person with a family because I don't know how to be consistent enough to make all of these things work like all of these other people do that I see on Instagram who have these beautiful fucking lives and can can raise 13,000 kids and still have a fucking Pinterest-worthy house and all this shit and can make the most beautiful fucking meals. Had I known that I was neurodivergent, I could have spared myself all of that fucking pain of realizing I couldn't do what they were doing. I wouldn't have put all that shit on myself and made it feel, made myself feel like a failure because that's not how my fucking brain is wired. I would have understood that that's not attainable for me because that's not what my fucking brain is wired to do. So it would have saved me a lot of fucking grief and a lot of fucking heartache and a lot of fucking depression and therapy and probably money. So <laughs> there you go. 
that's about where I am too. It's it's sometimes I I even tell people who I just I'm like you just see more. I even told my boss like I was like you just see more adult than I do. Like yeah, it's like I, it's like I, it's like I didn't get the adulting, the adulting script, the adulting manual, whatever you right. want to call it. Like I didn't I didn't get that. It's I even told her I forgot what we were talking about because I have like a conference to go to in September for my job, and I told her when I originally got this position, I said I'd rig- I didn't really think. She's like, when did you apply? Like, why did you apply? Like, first, like originally, until you know, this other person, you know, uh, encouraged you to. I said, I just didn't feel like I was adult enough for the job. Right. It's like the whole imposter syndrome thing. Like, I didn't right. feel like I would be a good fit. She's like, but you have all like you have all the good traits for doing the job, like right. wanting to research things, the being able to like investigate things, and like having having the structure and. Yeah. You know, something like problem that. solving. I, you are problem yes. solving. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like and what our brains are fucking built to do. Like mm-hmm. give us a problem to solve and we are fucking super human fucking things. Like we will get a problem solved in a hot fucking second. But if I, you ask us to pick up a broom and sweep the floor, you can fuck all the way off. Right. Like that's where we're at. <laughs> I even told Scott earlier we went to go see uh, Barbie and we were at um, a pizza place and I was putting my leftover pizza in a box, and the box wasn't staying closed. So I grabbed the sticker from like the ticket and just used that to keep the box closed. Mm-hmm. And Scott goes, "You're such a problem solver." I was like, "Well, I'm good at solving problems for other people, but not my own." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I love that. So yeah, I mean, I just I feel like that's why it's so important. Like we talked about last week, like you are allowed to have a self diagnosis because being self-diagnosed, I started there, right? I started as self-diagnosed. I'm still self-diagnosed autistic. So had I not spent the time learning about this stuff, had I not learned from it or learned about it from other self-diagnosed and, you know, medically diagnosed people out on the internet, internets, you know, in the world of the fucking wide web, because I said that, I don't know why, but I said it, had I not done that, I would still be in that fucking pile of shit, not understanding who I was. I am such a fucking happier person now that I can look in the mirror and go, you're not a shitty human. You didn't fuck up your life. This is just how your brain is wired and it's okay. You're never gonna be good at chores. Never. It's never gonna be your favorite thing. But now that I know that, it actually makes doing chores easier for me. Because I can give myself enough grace to go, you know what? You're going to hate this. You're wired to hate this. But you still got to do it. So let's make it fun. Right? Let's gamify it. Now I know how to get the chores done instead of sitting on the couch beating myself up for fucking days while the dishes pile up. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've had such a better time with my depression and anxiety since being diagnosed. Because I don't beat myself up and ruminate over how fucking terrible of a human I am. Because I can't do basic shit that other people do without thinking. And I feel like that's worth every fucking ounce. It, it, it's wor- yeah, it's worth every fucking minute you spend learning about neurodivergence and what kind of neurodivergent you might be. It's worth it. Because it, it changed my entire life. It really did. I have vocabulary now, like you said. I have vocabulary now to explain to people why I do the shit I do and why I say the shit I say. I can look at somebody at work and have done so 
there's been a few new hires since I've started. I'm able to look at that person and go, listen, I need you to tell me if I say something to you that upsets you or sounded bitchy or sounded bossy or whatever. The way I am as a person, I just say things and I say them usually pretty flat and pretty directly. I don't ever mean to intentionally be an asshole, but sometimes I'm going to say things that sound like I'm being an asshole. I don't know until you tell me that. So if you tell me that and I didn't mean to be an asshole, I will tell you I didn't mean it. But if you tell me that and I did mean to be an asshole, I'll also tell you that I meant to be an asshole because I'm a very straightforward person. Do you know what I mean? So like I have language around it. I can be like, listen, I'm autistic. I don't get X, Y, Z. I was trying to tell my boss the other day, there's rules and standards, right? And there's rules and standards in place that make sense to me. And we've talked about this before. If it makes sense to me, my brain says it should make sense to everybody else and you should follow the fucking rule, right? I get upset when rules aren't followed that make sense because it fucks with everybody else's shit when you don't follow the fucking rule. So I get irritated and upset and emotional about it and she's just like, girl, you got to let that shit go. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's not that fucking easy. Like, I, I can't. Like, I want I can't. to let it go. I want more than anything in the world to let it go. But my brain says, be mad about it. <laughs> like, I have to be mad about it, even for a short time, to entertain my brain. And then I can let it go. But either way, I got to express it in some way or I can't let it go. I will just fucking stew on it. So I'm able to explain that to her. So that way she knows when I'm pissy about something. I just need to work through it in my brain, then I'll get over it and be fine, right? So it's it's all necessary tools to understand yourself. And I feel like that has been the biggest thing that has changed since my diagnosis. I now understand me better and can help other people understand me better. And that's invaluable to me. Mm -hmm. It's like when you go through an entire life, of not being understood and not understanding yourself. It just feels a whole lot better. Like you feel like you can breathe. Yeah. Being able to tell people like, this is just the way I am. Like I can try to work around like however I need to do to basically make this work. But I'm just telling you, like, I'm not doing this to be difficult or like you said, like being an asshole. Uh, I'm just doing it. This is just how I do it because this is the way my brain is wired and I'm sorry, but just the way it is. Right. Like, I'll do my best to meet you halfway, but I need you to understand that this is just how I'm wired and this might not ever change. Like, I will do my best, but it might not ever change. So it, it's just, it's invaluable, in my opinion. It, this this knowing, knowing of self, period. Knowing and understanding of self, period, whether you're neurodivergent or neurotypical, having a deep-rooted understanding of yourself is literally the fucking sauce for life. Like, it is the key to getting through this life and not hating yourself. Knowing and accepting who you are. But you can't accept yourself until you've learned about yourself. So I feel like I've gotten to the acceptance phase in most places. What about you? Yeah, I would say that as well. Um, there's still stuff I get down about, but even... Last Friday, when I had like a follow from my doctor, which now we're at like the point where we do every three months. Granted, this is like a medication standpoint. She goes, how has your medication helped with your depression? And I told her, I said, well, considering I had something happen, um, like my computer dying, like I'm losing everything on it. I said, something happened. Like if I didn't, if I wasn't medicated, like if I wasn't taking this, I would be in a deep fucking depression over it. 
and it would be something that I would beat myself up over. It's like, why are you fucking depressed? Like your your life isn't that bad. Like right. you're getting depressed over your computer dying. Right. Like, like, and I would beat myself up over it. Where now it's like, well, this is your life and this is your experience. So you should beat yourself up over it, even though I still do, you know, at times. But it's like, don't complain about shit you have no control over. That right. that sort of thing. But so being getting uh and do it i can't talk doing like getting more understanding of myself it's more like it's like yes your life is not as terrible yes this is sometimes sometimes a weird thing to be depressed about but that's just the way it is sometimes like yeah. it's your brain being mean and it's still something that you're dealing with even though it's not the worst thing to deal with in the world it's still something that you are this is your experience and you shouldn't like berate yourself over it right you're you're allowed to give yourself grace in a situation even if it's even if it doesn't make sense to you in the moment why it's happening mm -hmm. right like it's okay like whatever's happening is okay so that that deep-rooted knowing and acceptance of self is i feel like that's the fucking sauce for life right there that is the key to a happy life it, you can be sold all the things and all the bills of goods you want but as in in all of this transformation i have done since 2020 that has been the thing that has fixed more of my quote-unquote problems than anything else there's not a book you can fucking read there's not a fucking course you can buy for hundreds of dollars that some stupid person sells you there's no magic fucking key or, or course or pill or whatever or workout routine it's getting to the core of who you are finding out why you operate the way you operate neurodivergent or not and knowing that and then being able to accept that, that is what fucking changes your life. So I feel like even though I had to take the fucking long road to get there, right? I had to wait 30 fucking years to figure that out. I'm happy that I was able to at least not waste any more years with not knowing who I was. How do you feel about that? Yeah, because it's like, it's kind of like the whole, because um, I've seen people that are in their 50s or 60s, like online saying that like they just got diagnosed and they feel a lot better about themselves. It's kind of like the whole, if you want to say, like, like you say you want to go back to school, but you're like, but and say you had the thought of, well, it's too late for me to go back to school. It's like, no, it's it's only too late. Like, if you just never do it, like, right. it's never too late. Like, if I want it, like, you know, there's people that said, well, it's if I the sooner I get it done now, it's just that's more years I have. Have like having got it done, like right. having known this about myself. It's like, well, they're like, say, like a 40 year old does like believes that they might be autistic or whatever. But it's like, well, there's really no point for me to go to the doctor. It's really too late for, for it to affect my life now. Why? It's like, right. it's, it, I mean, it's, you want to spend the next 40 years still hating yourself and not understanding yourself and beating yourself up over stupid shit. Like, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want right. to spend the rest of my life how I felt before. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. And so I don't. And that's, I'm very happy that I was able to find this shit out and, and accept it. I I'm with you on that. It's never too late. I don't care if you're fucking 80 years old and you figure this out. Like you can spend the remainder of your years loving you and understanding you. And in turn, that helps you understand it's not even like a selfish thing it sounds so selfish i guess when you say it that way but like 
when you understand you, the grace and the understanding for literally every other human in the world is so much more attainable. Like, I have so much more grace for other people. Like you said before, like, I can notice these traits in other people. Like, when you learn about trauma responses and shit, like, when I was first doing all this, before I realized, like, how neurodivergent I was, I was trying to process my trauma. That's what we were doing in therapy. And you learn about what trauma does to people and how it helps, how it makes them behave and how unprocessed emotions, what that shit does to people. So... I was able to, once I was in a spot where I felt like I had done enough work to where I could be accepting of the way that I am and what trauma had done to me, I was able to be accepting an understanding of what trauma looks like and how it presents in other people. Same thing with neurodivergence. Once I understood why I did the things I did, it helped me to recognize and accept what other people were going through. and realize that maybe that person doesn't know they're neurodivergent but like that pen tapping like they're not doing that just to fucking piss me off today right they're not whistling just to piss me off (laughs) (laughs) they might that might be a stim for them right so there's an there's a a meth there's a uh, layer of grace that is afforded to everyone else once you can give it to yourself that that's really all i have so we're going to let these people go. We have, we've talked at them ad nauseum. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let them go. I appreciate so much all of you listening. If you, um, there's really nothing to link other than socials that are always there. AI story. You can follow along um, if you need subtitles like my co-host does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks for listening. Um, jump on the discord if you have neurodivergent memes and you want to share them, uh, throw that in the the memes group. Hashtag if the meme fits, share it. Um, you can also use that hashtag on your socials if you don't want to be on the Discord. Um, you can throw hashtag if the meme fits, share it on your ND memes, and we can check that hashtag. Hashtag, and when we do our meme review episode, we'll include those. If you want us to shout out who you are, add that too, uh, or don't. It doesn't matter. Past that, uh, go follow all the things. The Facebook page is up. Go have a a, a gander over there. And uh, that's it. We will see you next week. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) 